0: to do is to actually believe and step into what we say we believe. Conviction is simply a strong belief that leads into action. So if you believe that Jesus has set you free, has given you a new life, has given you freedom, then why would you go back to the same patterns and behaviors as you did before?
1: what's up everybody this is darren youngstrom and welcome to the new vintage church podcast we're coming to you from the west coast best coast and you're listening to a message from a sunday at new vintage you can listen to a lot of content so we are honored that you chose to spend some time with us today and listen whether you're all in on god or still trying to figure that all out we hope you know that you are loved and you always have a place here on the corner of yalupa and sonoma ave and we are praying that this message is helpful for your life let's cut to the good stuff here we go
0: Yeah, that is still so cringy. Uh, (sighs) Something else. Um, If you're uh, new to New Vintage, if your first time here, your first time in a long time, my name, first of all, welcome. My name is Kevin Kabandi. I'm the high school pastor here. I have the amazing privilege of... um, Serving and walking alongside high school um, students um, before I get going, I just want to say thank you um, for for your investment here in this church, um, for your generosity for um, for caring for the next generation it 's awesome being part of a church that is deeply invested in the next generation, not just the church of the future of the church right now. Um, as I get going, I just wanted to just recap a, a, a few things um, for, for why we're doing the series. We're currently in a series called um, Holy Spirit Activate. It is not only my mom's favorite song, but it is her mantra. Um, Raising a kid like me and and two other younger sisters was chaos. Um, So uh, Holy Spirit Activate, the whole part of the series, the whole point of this series is that um, we know that living the Christian faith is challenging. It's actually impossible without the presence of God in your life. So if the presence of God is so pivotal, we think it's crucially important that we teach on this so that we can equip you to walk with the Holy Spirit. Last week, Darren talked about who the Holy Spirit is, um, that the Holy Spirit is your guide, that the Holy Spirit is your comforter, it's the, it's the presence of God that helps you and leads you. And it helps you go from a spiritually powerless life to a spiritually powerful life. And that if you want to do life, you can either choose to do life on hard mode or you can use the cheat code of the Holy Spirit to help you thrive in life. This week, I'm going to be continuing um, that conversation and I'm going to be talking about how you can actually walk that out in your daily life. But before I get started, it feels silly to me to talk about the Holy Spirit without actually inviting the Holy Spirit in this moment. So I'm going to pray uh, briefly and we'll jump right into it. Heavenly Father... I thank you for your presence that is here, Holy Spirit i can 't teach about you without you. I need you. Every person in this room needs to hear from you. so Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to me and that you would speak through me, and that every person that is in this room that you would speak directly to them and give them what they need in the name of Jesus. I pray amen amen um, as I get going, I want to ask you guys a question um, How many of you guys in this room have a smartphone, own a smartphone, smartphone, you own a smartphone, fantastic, good, we all live in the 21st century, that's great. Um, So how many of you guys, when you are using your smartphone, it almost feels like your smartphone knows what you want before you want it, has that ever happened to you, right? Like there there are times, and maybe even like some high school students may relate to this, it's like 10 p.m., you're hanging out with your crew, Next thing, you're, you're going through your Instagram. And as you're going through your Instagram, next thing you see is there's a reel that pops up, and you hear a bing, that little bell. I didn't even do it right. The bell. And you know what it is. It's that Taco Bell. 10 p.m., you already know what it is. All of a sudden, you're just looking at your friends, and you're like, you know what I would like to eat right now? Taco Bell. And everybody's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, right? It's never a great idea. Um, for some of you, for some of you in this room, like I, I don't know about you, but whenever I get into a, a colorful um, um, debate with my wife, you guys fill in the blank. Um, whenever, whenever it gets a little heated in the Kubandi household, um, so for some reason, every time, a few minutes later, when I walk into a different room, I immediately get spammed by her favorite jewelry store. <laughs> I'm like, I, I literally walk out. I was like, Is this you, Sarah? Is this you? Like, what is going on? Right. Um, my my parents recently um, my parents recently discovered Facebook uh, during the pandemic. Don't hate on them; they're boomers. Uh, they're amazing. Uh, and, and my mom my mom um, recently I was uh, this is a little while back, but my mom as she was scrolling through Facebook, she was still learning how, how to use it. Um, my my dad and her were having a conversation. And they're having a conversation because they run uh, a business where they need fridges. They run a catering business where they needed more fridges. And um, my parents are going back and forth. They're talking about what type of fridges that they want. They get done with the conversation. My mom hops on Facebook, and she's scrolling through her Facebook. And as she's scrolling through her Facebook, I hear her yell out loud. It's like, look at this. Emma, Emma, look at this. I told you. Look at Facebook. I told you there was ancestral magic on Facebook. Look at this. Look at this, fridge, fridge, fridge. What kind of witchcraft is this? And I had to, I had to go downstairs and be like, hey, listen, uh, mom, there's this thing called an algorithm. And if you ever Googled anything, first of all, I had to die laughing. But then again, I, t- I had a conversation with them, there's this thing called algorithms. And if you ever Googled or even made a phone call, whatever it may be, it looks at what you've looked at. And these Facebook ads get sent to you. It's like, oh, I see, I see, I see. Magical witchcraft I see we'll um, like, we'll figure it out later um, but but as I was talking about these things, you guys, you guys are aware of them because you're familiar with this thing called artificial intelligence, right? We, we are aware that they are uh, devices in our lives, whether it's a Siri, Alexa, whatever it may be, that, that helps you navigate uh, through life. It's in all parts of your life. It's in your banking. It's on your phone, obviously. It's in your social media. That's the thing that lets you know, that, that like, shows you the things that you want to see every time you, you watch a video for a certain period of time. All of a sudden, all those videos keep popping up. It's when you get in your car and, and you're about to drive your kids to school and it gives you all the routes that are the best routes to take your kids to school. It learns your patterns and it, it basically helps you do life, uh, do life regularly. Um, Oxford Dictionary describes artificial intelligence or, the, or explains artificial intelligence um, to be this. It is, um, it is the theory and the development of computer systems able to perform tasks tasks that normally require human intelligence such, a visual per- such as visual perception speech recognition decision making and translation between languages what i find about what i find fascinating about that definition is it, it kind of alludes to this idea that human intelligence is like the apex of natural intelligence that the more we create things, the more we try to create things that do the things that we already are doing. And then what, kind, what that leads me to is, is starting to think, well, if, if artificial intelligence peak is to mimic what we're doing, then it, it makes it very, it seems clear to me that as human beings that we're not just a random creation. That there is actually intelligence that... Created us, and there's actually intelligence that leads us. That we're not just an accident, but that we are intelligently designed. And if we are designed and programmed, what are we designed and programmed to do? What are our lives supposed to look like? How do we maximize the design that we have been created by? I believe that we have been created by God, and He has a specific design and purpose for our lives. But I feel like many of us, or some of us, don't necessarily live out the design that God has for us. Because instead of using his intelligence, we try to use our own intelligence. We try to use human intelligence. And what human intelligence often looks like, it, and there's many ways it could look like, but there's, here are two main streams that I have noticed about human intelligence. There's the carnal way of living, which is I do whatever feels good, whatever makes me feel happy, whatever satisfies my physical pleasures, or my physical desires, I do whatever pleasures me, And that is often what leads to carnal thinking. That is the carnal way to do life. And if we've lived long enough, you're familiar with the fact that oftentimes our pleasures end up becoming our prisons, unchecked. That the things that, that used to satisfy us in one season end up becoming the things that imprison us? And for some of us, um, it, it may not be that. We may not live in that carnal mindset. We may not live for our pleasures. For some of us, we, we live in, in a different space. We live in a space of legalism. We live in a space of, I have always have this list of things that I need to do and do it all the time. And it's most common with religious people. That I, I can't say certain things or I can't do certain things or when I drive by church, I gotta turn down my music because God might be listening, right? Like, there's there's a certain way of living that we think, if I just knock knock out most of these things on this list, if I just do these things right, then I'll actually enjoy life, that these are the things that I'm supposed to be designed to do. And what we often find out, those of us that have lived in that legalistic space, we often find out that legalism is a whole different type of prison. It actually hinders us from actually experiencing some of the things that God has designed us to experience by trapping us in a list of do's and don'ts. Well, I think there's a different path. There's actually a different path that Scripture talks about. There's a different path that Jesus offers. There's a different path that Paul wants us to know about. Paul's writing a letter to a church, and we're going to read this letter. He's writing a letter to a church, a, a um. A first uh, first century church, one of the churches, um, scholars believe that he founded in a city called Galatia, and this is in ancient um, Turkey, and he's writing this letter to a group of people to let them know what it looks like to live in spiritual freedom, what it looks like to actually live the way that God has designed them and made them to live. In Galatians 5, as he's trying to explain to them what it looks like to live the life that they were designed to live, he tries to show them, first of all, what it looks what that life doesn't look like, what it doesn't look like to live the life that God has designed and made them to live. So in Galatians 5, he starts off with this, verse 19. He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, this is not the way that God has designed us to live, but when we follow the desires of our sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and just in case I missed you on this list, um, here's another one, <laughs> right? and other sins like these. So he's like, all that, and just in case I missed you, anything that is similar or close to that, anything that popped in your mind and you were like, I hope he doesn't say this, I hope he doesn't say this, yeah, Paul's talking to you. Right? And as he continues on in this, he, this, he says something that's really challenging. He then ends this part, or this, he um, ends this part by saying this, let me tell you again. As I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Ouch! Because when I read that, I mean, I've, I read it this morning. I've read the, I've been reading this all week, and I was like, "Yo, I got at least like two or three of these in my life." Like, like Paul, what do you mean? Why would a guy who who would often say about himself that he is an apostle of Jesus Christ, which simply means the word apostle means sent out, a person that has been sent out to carry the good message of Jesus, and the message being that it is by grace through faith that you are saved. It's not by works. It's not by something you have earned by yourself, but it's a free gift of God. Come up with a list of things not to do. Say a whole bunch of lists of, hey, by the way, if you do these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Is he telling us that we need to do more? I don't believe so. Paul's heart behind this part of this letter is not to condemn you, but it's to convict you. It's to convict us. You see, if we have encountered and started a relationship with God, the byproduct of having a relationship with God, of anybody that had a relationship with Jesus, who followed Jesus, is they weren't the same as he found them. So if we're still living the same, if we're still living the way that we were before we met Jesus, what Paul is trying to convict us to do is to actually believe and step into what we say we believe. Conviction is simply a strong belief that leads into action. So if you believe that Jesus has set you free, has given you a new life, has given you freedom, then why would you go back to the same patterns and behaviors as you did before? What Paul is actually telling us to do is to step into what God has already freely given to us. He wants us to inherit the kingdom that God has for us. And many of us spend so much time playing in the mud that we forget that the kingdom of we forget that the kingdom of God that, that God has given us that we forget the kingdom that we get to inherit because we 're so stuck in playing in the mud of sin and what paul 's trying to do here is to convict us to step into the more that Jesus has for us so as he Continues As Paul continues to write and, and, and talk about the, the different things um, that we wrestle with, he now wants to lead us into, okay, if that's not what it looks like, if that's not what like, living for God or having human intelligence looks like, what does it look like to have spiritual intelligence? What does it actually look like to walk in the Spirit, to actually have the things that God wants us to do, to actually inherit the kingdom of God? Well, in verse 22 it says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. There is no law against these things. Now, as I read that, I was like, oh. That's interesting. Why would he say there is no law against these things? Part of it, and some scholars believe there's two sides to it, part of it is is irony. There's a certain level of irony that Paul is trying to bring out here, right? Like, could you imagine me leaving my home, coming out of my driveway, heading down the street, and then getting pulled over by a police officer, and the police officer's like, hey, uh, Mr. Kabandi, here's the thing. You were way too kind and loving to your wife this morning. I needed, I needed to pull you over. This is ridiculous, right? You're doing too much, right? That wouldn't happen, right? There isn't a law against those things. But there is another thing that Paul is trying to bring up right here. He's trying to let us know that all of the commandments, that all of the laws, that all of the instructions that God gives us, that Jesus gives us, they are all meant to produce these things in our life. So if we are actually in tune with the Spirit, the law, we, don't, we no longer need to depend on the law. That the Holy Spirit is far more powerful than any commandment or law, and it actually leads us to what God has for us. That if we're willing to step into the Spirit, we actually achieve the things that God desired for us in the text, that God desires for us in Scripture. So the best way for us to live, It's to live dependent to the Spirit. But I've been talking about here for a little while about, okay, this is what it looks like, but how do we actually do it? How do I actually walk in the Spirit? How do I actually depend in the Spirit? Because I know the fruits of what it looks like, but how do we actually do it? Daily. Well, Paul continues and tells us this. He says, for those of us that have the Spirit of God that's living in us, those who belong to Christ, in verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. What he's saying is what it looks like to walk in the Spirit daily is to take your passions and your desires that lead you away from God and to take those and to nail them to his cross. It's to say, as as Jesus has died for you, you're willing to say, I am going to let these sins die in my life. I'm no longer going to feed into them. I'm no longer going to give them life. I'm going to nail them to the cross. The same way that Jesus died for me, these things need to die in my life. I need to do that. God calls us to do that willingly. He's not going to force us to. He gives us the opportunity to. And what that looks like for some of us in our lives and maybe for some of you high school students in here and and as you high school students that are graduating here, it just lets you know that there are some environments that you you might want to be in. There are some things that you might want to do, but they may not be the best for you. And it's willing to say, hey, I'm willing to say no to those things so that I can grow more in my relationship with God. That if anything that is hindering my spiritual growth, I'm willing to say no to these things so I could say yes to Jesus. For me, sometimes in, in, my, in my daily life, it's like, hey, when I'm stressed out and frustrated and angry and had a long day, is coming home and deciding, no, I'm not going to go straight to the fridge and grab a beer. But instead of grabbing five or six or seven or eight beers, I'm going to take that, instead of having that anger and frustration medicated, I'm going to bring that anger and frustration to God and say, this is what I desire to do, but I know if I go here, it's going to take me away from you. So I'm going to bring my frustration. I'm going to bring my hurt. I'm going to bring my pain. And I'm going to come to you. And I'm going to nail my desires to the cross and trust you to heal to soothe, to change, to transform my heart, to just help me in this moment. And if we're willing to nail our, our desires to the cross and then step into those moments, in verse 25 it says this, that since we are, it allows us to live in the Spirit, this is what happens when we're willing to choose Jesus over those moments. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit leading in every part of our lives. That in every part of our lives, if we're willing to do this, we will live. We will live in the fullness of what God has for us. This morning, as I've been talking, I opened up talking about artificial intelligence. And how oftentimes as we talk about artificial intelligence, what I really was leaning into is the human intelligence. How we can leverage our human intelligence to do life. What if God wants more for us? I believe he does. I believe that he doesn't want us to just live by legalism or live by our desires, our temporary desires. I believe God is not calling us to live in the prison of the moment, but he's calling us to live for eternity. And if we're going to live by the Spirit, it is a daily thing. And these are the three ways that I do it daily myself, and I believe it's seen in the text. The first thing is we need to filter. We need to filter what comes into our lives. We need to filter what we bring into our lives. Listen, I love me some Drake, okay? I, I mean, I love me some Drake all day. Some of y'all judging me, it's okay, it's fine. I love me some Drake, okay? But I've made a commitment to myself and, and commitment to the Holy Spirit that when I start off my day, I don't listen to anything but worship music because it sets the tone for, my, for the rest of my day. I have no idea what the day holds. I have no idea what conversations I'm going to step into. I have no idea what challenges are going to be brought up. And a lot of the challenges and the, and the difficulties that I will face in life, it will, take, will require more than human intelligence to deal with those things. So I allow the Holy Spirit to set the tone for my day, so that where I lack, he steps in. Where I don't know what to do, he leads me into what I need to do. And those are the ways that I filter. I filter because I feed myself first what God wants me to hear. I start my day off with him. Some of us need to filter what are we bringing into our lives. What voices are we listening to? What are we allowing to to be meditated in our minds? It's important for us to filter what we allow into our lives. And again, I'm not saying don't listen to Drake. I love me some Drake. Just be wise on what you allow into your life. The next thing is feedback. Do you have people in your life that are able to challenge you when you're not growing the fruit that you profess or or desire to grow? Do you have people in your life that are loving enough when you don't see it to be able to tell you, hey, you've been a little angry lately. You've been been crossing some lines lately. You've been doing some things that have been hurtful to yourself and been hurtful to other people. Do you have people in your community that are able to give you feedback? And then the last thing is focus. And this is very simple. What you focus on, you will produce. What you focus on, you will produce. What you put your mind to, what you focus on, you will ultimately produce. If we want to live out the spiritual life that God wants us to do, we have to do it one step at a time. We have to keep in step with the Spirit. That's what spiritual intelligence looks like, nailing our desires to the cross and depending on the presence of God to lead us. I'm going to close this out in prayer, and you guys can head on out. If you need to meet, Darren is going to be in the back if this is your first time here. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you Lord for your word. God I pray Lord that you would lead us to walk daily with you in the spirit. That we would trust you, that we would not depend on our own desires or the desires that lead us astray, and, and or the desires that lead us astray, but may we depend on your presence. God help us to draw closer to you and lead us, Lord, to the fullness of all you have for us. In Jesus name I pray. Amen.
1: And that is it. Thanks for listening today. We hope you're leaving encouraged and motivated to consider, begin, or grow your faith in Jesus. If you find yourself in Santa Rosa, we gather every Sunday, 9 at 11 a.m., you can always connect in a group at our website, newvintage.org groups. And the best way to follow our messages is to click messages on our website, which will take you directly to our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe. If this ministry has been a blessing to your life and you'd like to give a gift to help us be for the city of Santa Rosa, you can do that at newvintage.org slash give. And don't forget, you are loved. Peace out, homies.